A very good evening to one and all present here. I am Maria Vini Palamadil, the co-founder of Argumenter Podcast. Mooting is a skill acquired by practice and research that attempts to better ourselves in the field of litigation by introducing us to the legalities of matters brought up and nuances of research and skills. The webinar title, Mastering the Art of Mooting, led by advocate Aman Chaudhary in association with Argumenter Podcast, sources to become an effective and useful session introducing us to the niche of mooting. As we all know, knowledge is an eternal pressure and learning is an unending possess. Before I introduce our speaker for the day, I would like to extend my sincere regards to each and every one of you for being here to be a part of this session. Advocate Aman Chaudhary is a practicing lawyer in Delhi High Court and district courts with specializations in criminal law, IPR and sports law. He is also a consultant for various sports persons and an organization and is also the legal advisor for Human Rights Commission. This session is held in association with Argumenter Podcast. We are a platform to discuss deliberate and debate on various contemporary social, legal and political issues. Our episodes are available on Instagram, YouTube, Spotify and more. Also, we could be tracked on our Instagram and LinkedIn pages headed Argumenter Podcast. Now, I would like to welcome Advocate Amin Chaudhary and ask you would be taking over the session. Also, we request the participants to kindly mute your mics and switch your video cameras off uh, throughout the session. Any question and queries, kindly feel free to address them towards the end of the session. So please, please stay tuned. Also, we would like to request you to remain present in the session till the end and kindly fill up the feedback forms, which will be popping up on the chat box during the session in order to receive your certificates. Thank you so much. Over to you, sir. Thank you. Thank you, Maria. Thank you, Joel. And thank you, Argumentator Podcast, for having me here and giving giving me this opportunity to share my experience, my knowledge with each and every student present here. So, hi and welcome, everyone. And uh, let's get on board and learn about the fundamentals of mooting and the physical, or I would say the both the physical aspects of it and also the aspects that go that go into the theoretical part of it so without much ado without uh, going into different topics we shall just uh, begin with it and uh, i'll just share a ppt if it's if that's fine yeah surely surely yeah just just a minute i'll just uh, I hope it's uh, visible. I'll just share the PPT. Yeah. Yes, it is visible. It's, the screen is visible. Okay. Yeah. I guess the PPT is also visible now, right? Yes, yes. Okay. So, uh, welcome everyone. As I said uh, previously also that we'll be talking about mastering the art of mooting. So this is the uh, topic that we'll be discussing today. We'll be understanding the fundamentals of mooting, the main core of mooting, what uh, goes there. And I would be telling you about the tips and strategies that one should keep in mind for effective mooting and trial advocacy. Now, the 
before starting i would just highlight one important aspect that we have three uh, moods that uh, go in india that is first is mood court second is bail application mood courts and third is trial advocacy so today i will be only focusing on mooting whereas the other two aspects that is trial advocacy and uh, the bail application they are uh, somewhat they have the similar aspects of understanding it uh, as we go towards the memorial part or if we go towards the physical argument part they both have the uh, all three of them actually have the same footing just one or two differences here and there that i would be discussing later on to, uh, in the part of the webinar so this would be our uh, plan of action that we will be discussing we'll be starting with these stages of moot court how moot court is there what all stages are there then uh, as you can see the second portion is decoding the moot problem this is actually uh, not many people discuss about it and even when i was in my law school no one taught uh, me about decoding the moot proposition and they start the moot court or moot court stages right from the point of researching but this is actually the first stage when uh, you need to learn how to read a moot preposition then second point is choosing an ideal team we'll be discussing what an ideal team consists of how you need to choose it then comes the most important part that is the researching skills how you need to research before going into drafting of memorial and compendium then comes the arguments part you need to first prepare the arguments and then i'll be talking about how you can physically present it the last is tips and strategies and last one would be the international moots international moots is something which i would be touching if time permits and if not then uh, a separate webinar or separate session can be taken on it because uh, international moots is something which goes in detail so uh, this would be the first thing that is stages of moot court and uh, just to before beginning here i would uh, like this webinar to be more of an interactive session so uh, for the first one hour i would try to finish everything and we have another half an hour left where i would be taking up your questions and doubts but if time permits i want to discuss your viewpoints also on whatever you have learned so i will be providing i will be providing you with samples but i would be also providing you with one mood problem towards the end of the session and if time permits and if you are able to do it you can just uh, first analyze what mood problem is and you can work on it what i will be teaching you in the uh, further part of the webinar so as you can see this is just a basic stages of mood court ideally what happens is that uh, just a minute uh, ideally what happens is that you start from the research part of the mood court uh, of the stages of mood court so this is something which uh, only few people know that there is also a mood problem which is to be discussed so i would be talking about the mood problem first then we'll go on to the research part then comes your formulation of issues which is in form of arguments because uh, when we are talking about arguments arguments are in form of issues only so formulation of issues then we'll go further to formulation of arguments then it would be the memorial drafting so if we talk about these four steps these four steps are actually your core of moot court because this is something which you will be doing before going into the moot court this is something which you will be doing when you step into the moot court room so these part these part would be the one which you are doing actually the most part you are researching about the arguments then you are drafting it 
so these would be the stages of mood code that we are concerned with i hope this first part is clear with you all and then we'll move on to the important part this is the mood proposition so i would be telling you how to actually read a mood proposition and how to actually analyze it so this is something which uh, trust me you would not find anywhere because this is something what i have done in my law school and this is what i have curated into certain pointers so uh, before this actually uh, before going into the mood proposition i would want you to just see a particular mood problem uh, that how a mood proposition is seen so i would first go on to the mood proposition which is there i have a particular mood proposition for you guys i found it so i would be discussing that see uh, this is the mood proposition that uh, fortunately i was uh, called to judge in so this is how a mood proposition looks like i would first take you through the mood proposition and then we'll move to the uh, the ppt back so you see uh, a mood proposition is like this it talks about uh, certain general facts of uh, usually this this is the starting of each and every mood proposition it talks about the uh, republic of india and the name is always changed because it's a fictional one the most important part comes from actually third or fourth part uh, fourth para which talks about the facts so this mood proposition talks about a 17 year old boy who went on to the internet and he came across the advertisement where he applied to the advertisement and got a job but as he was a 17 year old and most of you are uh, aware of this particular fact that a person who is less than 18 year of old cannot get into a contract he is not competent enough to get into a contract so that is is the main question of this problem and uh, it was his father who went on to fill the form and so this is the mood i guess there's a bit of a network issue one second yeah i think we missed you there sir something was it not audible in between yeah just for a minute just okay so yes i i was saying that this is the mood proposition it uh, lays down certain facts that are in a particular important part then it talks further about uh, certain dates and certain relevant facts that become relevant in the uh, analysis of a case and towards the end sometimes uh, you will be provided with issues or sometimes are not and you can see as the last line says they are free to frame any ancillary issues apart from the one stated above so this is something uh, which is there in uh, in particular uh, uh, of a mood proposition so i think you guys uh, saw what a mood proposition looks like now i will be telling you the most important part of understanding the mood problem how to analyze it and how to decode it now the word that i'm using is decoding why i am saying uh, that a mood problem needs to be decoded the mood problem needs to be decoded because the mood proposition does not only contain about fictional facts it contains about legal points it contains a law and it contains certain facts which are relevant or which may not be relevant so you need to first 
demarcate or divide the mood proposition into these aspects. So this is why I'm telling you how to decode a mood proposition, how to understand it. And if you are not able to understand it, you will not be able to perform well in your research or you will not be able to perform well in drafting a memorial. Okay. So coming back to the uh, PPT that I was talking about. Yes. So this is the, this is the uh, mood proposition. I'll be talking about analysis of the proposition. So uh, just keep this in mind. If you're noting somewhere noted that whenever you get a mood proposition, you have to read it at least four times. Now, why I'm saying four readings are important because of the, uh, this is the, some, this is something that I have practiced and I've excelled all. So, so the first reading, whenever you get a proposition, just give a bare reading of it. As I've written, read it like a story, just plain reading without thinking about the law for the first reading. When you are doing, just forget that you are a law student, read it just like an English story. Why I'm saying this because you will get to know what the story is about and law is nothing else, but a way of putting up your sto story into legal terms. So when you put up a story into legal terms, you must have a story there. And one thing that mood proposition talks about or gives you is a well-written story at first, which is fictional, which includes certain facts, which includes drama, which includes emotion. So you need to just read it. And the second point is very important, which says a make a mental timeline of the story. That is the facts. Don't write it anywhere. Don't write it on the uh, proposition itself. Just make a mental note of it. That how it happens. Like for example, the proposition that I uh, showed you, it was a proposition which had facts like there was a contract made by the minor. He went onto the website. He clicked it. He saw the advertisement. He clicked it. Then his father signed and paid on his behalf. And then the issue started. So you see, there's a mental timeline of what came first, then what happened second. So this is something you need to see on the first reading itself. Now comes the important part. That is the second reading. When you are reading the proposition for the second time, take a pencil or a highlighter with you and highlight the facts that you think are important. Now, what I'm saying is that you think are important. You need to just put this point in understanding you think are important. I'm saying what are not important. I'm not saying what are important. I'm saying what you think are important as per your understanding of law, what you have learned till now, what you think that this particular fact A or this particular fact B is important or not. You just point out, you just highlight it. You just mark it under and just leave it there. What you have to do with it. I'll be telling you further. Then once you have highlighted or marked these facts in the mood preposition itself, write it separately on a sheet of paper along with the dates and details. So this will, what you are doing it here, that is a mental timeline. You're converting that mental timeline in a proper form in after the second reading. Okay. So this is something which you do after first and second reading. And trust me, once you are done with these two readings, you will know what the mood proposition is about and you will be able to actually learn it by heart. Now comes the a little tricky part, or I would say a legal part, which is the reading and understanding of the proposition. Now comes your third reading. When you are doing the third reading of the mood preposition, 
it is also your plain reading you don't have to go into the details but very important thing is keep a pencil or a marker with you because you need to highlight certain things now during the second reading i said you have to mark the facts that you think are important now for example if this is a mood proposition itself i find story is an important fact so i'll just mark it here this way if i think law is a important part i will mark it this way now i'm just marking it now what i'll be doing it in the third part is i will be dividing it into three parts facts relevant facts or facts in issue in order to understand what relevant facts or what facts in issue are we first need to understand what facts are so these are the definition which is clearly given in the indian evidence act you are not required to learn them you are not required to use them in a moot court or for that matter trial advocacy or bail application this is just for your understanding so i will not go into the detail of explaining this i will just explain it in the form of an example so when we talk about facts this is just simple thing anything it says anything state or things which is capable of being perceived by the senses we all know we have five senses okay so anything which can be perceived by all those five senses will be considered as a fact now evidence act very nicely provides two types of facts for us one is the physical fact another one is the psychological fact physical fact is something which can be seen heard tasted or spoken all these comes under the fact of physical physical fact that is our four senses our fifth sense is the touching sense which has a mental element to it so anything which you which has a mental element to it when we talk about intention or motive that forms the psychological fact so only two types of fact are to be considered that is the physical fact or psychological fact you are not to write this particular thing in the moot preposition but for your understanding you can mention that this particular thing is a psychological fact this is a physical fact however it is not at all relevant what is relevant are the relevant facts and facts in issue now i would come to the relevant facts afterwards first i would talk about facts in issue now facts in issue if you understand it in a layman language it is the mudda mudda of a case it means ke jo aapke case ka main mudda kya hai aapka case kis cheez ke upar based hai wo kya fact hai which is an issue so the expression facts in issue means and include this is just a legal definition it says any fact any fact ka matlab hai psychological it can be psychological also it can be physical also which either by itself either by itself means apne aap mein or in connection with other facts in connection yani ek fact dusre fact ke sath in connected hai अगर कोई भी ऐसा फैक्ट जो अपने आप में या किसी और के साथ कनेक्ट होके किसी भी राइट लाइबिलिटी और डिसेबिलिटी दिस इज समथिंग यू नीड टू अंडरस्टैंड दिस इज यू शुड नॉट बी वेरी क्यूरियस अबाउट इट और वेरी अफ्रेड अबाउट इट बिकॉज लॉ व्हेन वी टॉक अबाउट लॉ लॉ इज नथिंग एल्स बट टॉकिंग जस्ट अबाउट समवन्स राइट लाइबिलिटी और डिसेबिलिटी सो एनी पर्टिकुलर फैक्ट which talks about right liability or disability will be a fact in issue it is as simple as that so what preposition that i showed you it talks about a 17 year old being coming into a contract so it is his disability if we talk about it's a disability because a 17 year old person is disabled from entering into a contract so this particular fact becomes facts in issue 
और फैक्ट एंड इश्यू ही एक्चुअली वो चीज है जिसके पूरे इर्द गिर्द और पूरे आसपास हमारा केस घूमता है नाउ कम्स रेलिवेंट फैक्ट्स दिस इज एक्चुअली व्हाट वी विल बी डिस्कसिंग अब हमारे पास फैक्ट एंड इशू आ गया वी नो व्हाट द मुद्दा इज और व्हाट द पर्टिकुलर इशू इज नाउ वी इन ऑर्डर टू प्रूव दैट पर्टिकुलर मुद्दा और पर्टिकुलर फैक्ट वी नीड अदर थिंग्स दीज अदर थिंग्स व्हाट आर दीज अदर थिंग्स दीज अदर थिंग्स आर एक्चुअली एविडेंसेस अब एविडेंसेस क्या होते हैं एविडेंसेस ऐसे ही तो उठ के नहीं आते एविडेंसेस आर एक्चुअली रेलेवेंट फैक्ट्स वैसा कोई भी फैक्ट व्हिच इज सेड टू बी रेलेवेंट टू अनदर अब दिस अनदर थिंग दिस अनदर इज एक्चुअली फैक्ट एंड इशू और दिस अनदर इज एक्चुअली अनदर फैक्ट वैसा कोई भी फैक्ट व्हिच इज रेलेवेंट बाय कनेक्शन इट वुड बी कंसीडर्ड एज रेलेवेंट फैक्ट्स सो यू नीड टू फर्स्ट इन द मूड प्रीपोजिशन व्हाटएवर यू हैव मार्क्ड एज इंपॉर्टेंट यू नीड टू हाईलाइट कि कौन सा फैक्ट एंड इशू है और उसके ऊपर लिख दो कि दिस इज फैक्ट एंड इशू उसके अलावा the other facts that you think are relevant now i am not saying which are important i am saying which are relevant you mark them as rf okay so these would be your relevant facts you need to put them now this particular habit of doing mood preposition and writing relevant fact fact in issue why is it important or why is it not important is what i have written here you don't get confused It says the main issue or cause of your case is the fact and issue that I've said, and all other facts which are relevant becomes the relevant facts. You need to analyze this. However, one thing that is very important is you need to understand this particular fact that in moot courts you don't depend or consider evidence at all. So whatever we did in the third reading should not be a part of your memorial. should not be a part of your arguments so you would have one question in mind then why are we wasting our time on this we are not wasting our time we are actually doing it just for this purpose if you understand a proposition from the point of view of an evidence then trust me no one not a single judge or the opposite counsel will ever be able to counter your proposition would not be able to counter your argument and trust me you would never feel yourself in a pit and most important thing is this if you do this habit you are able to write relevant facts or facts in issue this particular thing then this would help you in a longer term when you go out from the law school and when you actually practice law so this thing is very important you need to keep that in mind it is just for the better understanding of the proposition and i again repeat it you should not depend or consider evidence at all in moot courts now i'm only saying moot courts when i say moot courts the bail application moots also go hand in hand however the trial advocacy is little different there you can actually consider evidence when you are cross examining a person so that is more of a procedural part that i will not be discussing because you will get confused so understand just just understand this thing that whatever evidence is given in the preposition also whether it's the cctv footage or whether it's the uh, for example if there is a murder weapon there you should not depend your arguments on that particular evidence you can use them for corroborating you can use them for particularly pointing one thing but you should not base your full arguments on that for example i have seen certain people in my law school also and when i was judging they said that a particular uh, 
मर्डर वेपन वॉज फाउंड विच वॉज अ नाइफ उसके ऊपर ब्लड लगा हुआ था दिस पर्सन केम इन सेट दैट जस्ट बिकॉज देर इज अ ब्लड ऑन दी नाइफ देन इट इज अ मर्डर वेपन ओके दैट इज गिवेन इन दी प्रोपोजिशन देन ही वेंट ऑन टू से दैट मर्डर वेपन वॉज फाउंड नियर दी विसिनिटी ऑफ एक्स हाउस सो दैट इज वाई देर इज अ पॉसिबिलिटी दैट एक्स मे हैव थ्रोन दैट पर्टिकुलर मर्डर वेपन ओके now what i'm trying to say is you can use this thing but just keep in mind that if that particular evidence was not there in the proposition what would you have done so that is the thing the court in a moot court or the judge would not only rely on that murder weapon because to be honest what you are doing in a moot court is actually your articulation your arguments which you will be getting marks for you will not be getting marks for what is already written in the proposition so that is why i'm saying that if you have these these kinds of thing use them use them freely but don't depend or consider them okay so with this we are done with th third reading now comes your final reading when you are reading the final part like when you are reading for the fourth time try to analyze the law points see when you are discussing the first three readings i was not talking about any law points with you in the fourth reading when you are completely aware of the facts the fact in issue then come to the law points clearly in the proposition the sections would be mentioned or the act name would be mentioned if that is there clearly mark mark that thing that this particular is for example 302 or this particular is section 13 of hindu marriage act just mention that if it is not written then you need to just brainstorm a little this is not a researching point of thing just brainstorm and then your work is not done if you have only written it you need to read the law that is applicable to the problem so you need to read the law from the where act don't go into the books koi yahan pe exam nahi likh rahe hai 12 number ka question nahi aa raha hai sirf aur sirf where act se you need to read the law or when you are reading it it's very important that you pick out the essentials of it jo where acts mein likhe hote hai na essentials wohi essentials hote so with this we are done with the understanding of the moot proposition now comes a very important part that is the decoding now what i am saying about decoding decoding can only be done if you have completely understood the problem so if you have not understood the problem after four readings don't worry go on read it for five times read it for 6 time or read it for 10 time there's no issue at all but minimum you need to read it for four times then these things are uh, actually practical which i'll be showing you when i'll be reading the moot preposition it is read between the lines and read from one full stop to the next don't read the full proposition at one go write the important points in the problem itself which i have been telling you in all the types of reading then this is a must thing that you need to do analyze which point is relevant to plaintiff and which is to respondent because you need to prepare memorials and you need to prepare from both the sides so the proposition is mixed with facts that is tilted towards plaintiff or respondent and you need to find them out find them out and write it okay so now i'll be going to the i'll be going to the moot proposition and be just briefly discussing the procedural parts that i just mentioned how to decode it it's very easy there is not much of it because this is something which i want you to practice okay so this is not something which i'll be teaching you throughout 
this is something that you have to practice on your own so i'll be sharing a particular uh, i'll be sharing uh, this memory this problem with you also and you need to decode it yourself so i'll just give a brief decoding that you need how you need to read so see as i said two things read between the lines and read from first full stop to the other so the first line is the republic of indiana became independent on august 15 1947 full stop now understand this particular line if you need to understand and decode it does not say much it just say that republic of indiana is actually india that's it don't go into detail because it's not necessary the next line it is a region of rich flora and fauna its society is perfect blend blah blah this is just wastage don't go into it what is important is india is a progressive and secular nation and believes in peaceful cooperation with its neighbors not relevant for us it is just put up to confuse us or to just use it you you should not use anything from para 1 at all now this is something which is important because it says that the constitution of republic of indiana as a legislative powers enumerated in seventh schedule of the constitution which means that the constitution of indiana is something which is similar to constitution of india that's it not relevant we should not consider this is very important mr sukh a 17 year old boy so first thing would be a 17 year old boy this becomes your relevant fact just write relevant fact there lives in city x indiana not important full stop he is extraordinarily extraordinarily versed in the field of computer science and is keen about learning and creating new things now this line becomes you will think that this line is not important at all but this would this would become important from the point of respondent now how it would be for from the point of respondent because it says that he is keen about learning and creating new things and he is extraordinarily versed in the field of computer science that means he is intelligent enough although he is a 17 year old boy but he has good knowledge he has good brain he is well versed with computer science and he is keen about learning and creating new things so respondent can take this particular line and mold it in the sense that it is the fault of mr sukhun because he is so brainy he is so knowledgeable that what he did he was acting as a mature person although he was immature this is something which is there given legally so this becomes a relevant fact but this particular line which i am talking about this becomes a relevant fact from the point of view of a respondent then on one fine day while surfing the internet he stumbles across an advertisement for freelance app development from by this particular company this is also again your relevant fact for both plaintiff and respondent now the advertisement specifically made a mention to the company's no contract with minors policy this is a very important part which becomes a relevant fact from the point of view of again respondent because the company is not at fault respondent is what respondent would be saying what that the company is not at fault and it is the fault of only mr sok so as they said that they have clearly mentioned that there is a no contract with minus policy so this is how you need to read between the lines now this particular part read with this particular thing if we club both of them we are actually making a strong case by the respondent just couple uh, couple them with the two or three cases here and there and you got yourself a one good issue 
So this is something which is what uh, reading between the lines means or reading from one full stop to the other means. So I would be stopping here. This is how you need to decode a mood proposition. I will not be decoding it fully for you. You need to uh, come up with your own decoding strategy. You can take the help what I'm telling you. Okay. So this was one thing which we have completed about the mood proposition. So your first stage is actually completed. You have understood about how to go for the mood proposition. Now comes a very, I think this is a very funny part, but also a very important part when you come to choose an ideal mood for me. Okay. So I would just give a disclaimer. No mood code team is an ideal team. Every team is a good team. Every team is a bad team. I have seen very great teams performing absolutely zero in mood codes. And I've seen teams that are utter zero, even winning national mood codes. Okay. So I've culminated five points that can help you actually choose a mood code team. The first thing is, can friendship be a criteria? This I have seen n number of times that people tend to form mood code teams in their own friend circle. This can be good. This can be bad. Now, how this can be good or how this can be bad is that if you have a friend circle, okay, and your friend circle with your friend circle, you are comfortable. You have a good connection. Then it's a great thing that you can go up and form a mood code team because in a mood code team, the most important thing is the balance balance between all three members. No one should be perfect. No one should be bad. There should be a balance. Okay. So if you know about the strengths and weaknesses of your friends and you can use them, then go and um, make a team with your friends. But at the same time, if you think that your friendship, you, your personal friendship would come in between of your professional mood code etiquettes or mood code culture, then don't form a uh, team within your friends. This is, would be my personal advice that you should never form a team with your friends in it. You can have one friend at least, but one person should be a complete stranger, which you don't know. The second is all team members must have a good working relationship. This is something which I said in the first thing itself, you should form a healthy relationship. It should not be that you are fighting amongst the team itself. So that is why sometimes a friend in your team could help to build a good working relationship. At the same time, your personal uh, grudges can come in between also. And third is form a team with higher level expertise. Now, this is very important. You get a mood proposition, right? Now, this thing is very wrong in our uh, country that you get a mood proposition after you have submitted your team. However, it should be vice versa. Now, first, you should be given a mood proposition and then you should constitute a team. So this particular part of forming a team with higher level expertise and subject matter expertise is actually which you should consider. For example, you, you take up three people, two speakers and a researcher. Never ever constitute a team with all three of members having expertise only in a particular law, for example, a criminal law. What would happen if the mood proposition comes as a mixture of criminal law and some other law? You would be just going haywire. So that is why all three members of the team must have knowledge of all the laws. However, each one of them should be expertise in their own field, should be expertise in a one particular law. Expertise, when I'm saying expertise, it is that they should know in and out of it. 
and lastly divide work as per skill set not every other person is same as per their skills so a particular person for example a researcher if even though he is a researcher but a speaker is well versed with the research then he can also take up the researching part and one thing that i would be telling towards the end also as per the strategies and tricks you can just keep that in mind an ideal mood board team according to me is the team which works equally what i'm saying is that there are three people when you talk about researching all three of them research equally and it should not be only the researcher researching all three of them should make the memorial equally even the researcher should be equally contributing in formulation of articles so this is something which an ideal team uh, actually consists of otherwise the points are that there is no predetermined criteria no one can actually set what is an ideal mood board team and individual skill set is actually you need to use this individual skill set of each person to make the best team skill set so just combine all the uh, skill sets and make a skill set of your own team now comes your researching part now we come to the main core this is something lengthy and we'll be discussing about it in the sense you need to first research then you go on to drafting of memorial so when you are researching people tend to ask me that how do you research about a particular mood preposition how you research about a this is apart from mood also when i am researching in my legal fraternity say, they say that how do you come up with the tools how you you go for that particular uh, proposition and research about it so i would be decoding it in the sense that the stages that i take up so first you need to actually before researching anything you need to first understand the applicable laws even if it is not mentioned on the proposition that i just said while you were decoding in the fourth reading you mentioned all the applicable laws research about them research about them in and out from the bare act from the net from the book for your understanding this is again i am writing writing in the bra uh, brackets this is only for better understanding and is not always meant to be written in the memorial i repeat not always sometimes it's suitable sometimes it's healthy to write the applicable law and its detail in it but it is not always to be meant to be written next is read the applicable law from the bare act and understand it completely this should be your first step of researching read from the bare act and understand it then if you are able to understand it refer to the books and commentaries for the basis of the law don't go into the details don't form an answer just on a blank sheet of paper scribble down the important points of the law just for your understanding this is something that i have again written don't go into the complete analysis otherwise <coughs> you will go haywire so this was in relation to the applicable law once you are done with applicable law you will be able to find out the question of law itself this is something which i cannot teach you because once you are able to do this step 1 once you are able to understand all the applicable law applicable law then you will find out which is the question of law question is law is nothing else but what we discussed in fact in issue okay so what we discussed in fact in issue will form the question of law that particular fact and issue which was there try to fit it in a question try to fit it in in a law that becomes it 
so this is a very imperative and crucial part in cases of appeal or review so question of law becomes a very important part in appeal and review because this is the basis of your appellate memorial your review memorials so when i'm saying this particular thing just understand question of law is very important to be found out just found out okay writing it is very important in the cases of appeal and review so if you have a moot court wherein you are filing an appeal find a question of law and write it but if you have a moot court where you're not filing an appeal you're just going for the suit or for criminal matters for example bail you don't have to write question of law but you need to know it that what is the basis okay this is what i am saying in all the other cases understand the question put up for particular section now question that is put up this question is not the issues written in the proposition how both of them are different just understand issues are something which you are raising and finding a solution for it question is something which the law provides for it issues are based on actually facts and they differ from case to case but question it does not depend on fact it depends on the legal part the law part the legislation and it remains the same that is why once you are able to find the question of law it would be very easy for for you to find the relevant case laws that i'll be discussing in the further part okay this is something that i also mentioned uh, while you were reading the sections list out the essentials point out the essentials of the section 302 pointers 1 2 3 4 these are the essentials now the problem would be based ideally on one or some sections only master in those sections and fully understand it for example why i am saying this if a particular question is there a particular proposition is on murder just base your understanding only on murder 302 punishment culpable homicide 300 301 302 that's it don't go into the full detailed analysis of ipc or full detailed analysis of the chapter this is very important you need to understand this you are only talking about murder culpable homicide punishment to murder that's it full stop don't go here and there okay this is very important that you need to do although it is not a part of your memorial as such then comes application of facts once you have highlighted all the essentials of the sections then start allocating the facts to it okay the most important part is to apply the facts of the proposition to the law analyzed so if you say this is one this is one and this is one i have laid down three essentials then find out the facts which is there from the proposition find out the facts which highlight this find out the fact which highlight this and then apply these facts to this law this is how you need to connect the moot proposition so you understand if we were not able to decode the moot proposition or understand the moot proposition we would not be able to do this particular step and if you are not able to do this particular step then how will you find the case laws on basis of facts because when we talk about case laws you will see we have two types of case laws that we need to find on the question of law that is the application of law and second is the application of facts okay so you just apply the facts pick out and segregate which fact goes to which section check out the facts with the essentials of the sections this is something basic that i will not be repeating then comes your legal points what are legal points legal points are what i i said in the essentials 
so sometimes it happens that there are certain legal points that you need to understand like the basic thing is difference between culpable homicide and murder that is that difference actually lays on the legal points so you need to understand the legal points you need to note them down and these need to be found out during thorough research they cannot be lying there plainly in the where act they cannot be lying there plainly in the books you need to do a thorough research to find out legal points now why legal points are very important because these are the points where you would be grilled in arguments if you do not find the good legal points and the other team are able to find the legal points in that particular sections you're gone you would not be able to ask that is the thing you need to understand this is how you need to research now comes your most important part that is the cases the previous research that i mentioned all these four things you can take help of google you can take help of books you can take help of internet whatsoever that's not an issue but in understanding all these things all these four points don't go to the research tools till now research tools are manupatra air or uh, live law and all these things don't go there okay why i'm telling you this thing it's a very important thing because you need to restrict yourself only to the legal points or the laws mentioned in the proposition if you go and find it in the real scenario you will be confused because real thing is very different real thing there's lot things that are mixed there would be criminal law civil law going together against each other evidence law would be there and as i said in moot courts evidence law does not play an important part so that is why don't go there we'll go to the research tools only when we come to the cases so once your research is completed as per all these things find out cases cases are to be found out on question of law on the application of facts on the sections that are there so if there is a murder section 302 find out all the laws okay now how to research this is very important how to research this is something which i do personally and you can find your own best way but what i do is i basically go on the google and write everything okay so this is very vague so if uh, i have a proposition where it says that a killed b by stabbing him in the chest so this is what i would be writing in google a person killed the other person by stabbing in the into the chest now why it is very important this is the main proposition because this is something which the whole case is about you write it and you search it search these sections and find out cases and law points now this is very important when you write it on google google will show you n number of uh, searches sometimes it would be articles sometimes it would be cases sometimes it should be ppt or podcast youtube n number of things go through each one of them you never know what you will find out and that is the beauty of uh, researching you do not actually have a plan until you go and research because people ask me from where do you start i don't start from anywhere i find my starting point from google only i write this particular proposition and i get n number of articles i go and read these articles whatever i find now this is very important whatever you find relevant while reading just cut copy paste make a separate word file with the name of uh, moot moot court or memorial cut copy paste everything i'm not exaggerating when i do research the content that i get from all these sites and everything 
sometimes it has even reached around 200 300 pages of word document which you have to afterwards sit and segregate what you find relevant you need to put it you need to just make a it, it is actually a jumble it's actually a puzzle you need to just find the relevant portion and attach it and that is actually time consuming but once you research and you culminate everything in a word document it would hardly take a week to segregate that so this is one thing you just write it on basic google thing the basic proposition what you need to write the main proposition and search it now secondly there is an advanced google search why i am saying it's an advanced the specific law point whatever law point that you need to search write it that okay the specific fact write it that for example like i gave you the example a killed b by stabbing him into the chest that is a main proposition now i need to find out like i have researched everything i have found out the section and everything now i am stuck in the one particular portion which says that if you are stabbing someone on the chest and the person does not die then so i'll write that particular point stabbing someone in the chest and the person not dying what happens then so then i would find certain papers research papers articles and all these things which were there on reference to the law point which you are taking up okay and why this advanced google search is very important this is actually a tip which i'm giving out to you guys this is what i have actually used in moots moot courts when you are reading these cases the actual real cases refer to the issues if given in the proposition if there is a proposition there with you and the issues are mentioned take that write that issues and whatever you are getting from the papers articles cases if it forms a part of the issues if it is relevant to them write it there because this will later help you form issues and arguments first towards the end what you have to do you have to argue what arguments you need to put the body the content of arguments where do you get it you actually get it from here people actually don't take this thing very seriously they form a memorial keep it aside and then they start from the scratch building their arguments no that is not how you do you are not only researching for memorial making you are also researching for your arguments so if you have a case which if you have a case in front of you which talks about murder if you talk, if it talks about someone stabbing in the stomach use that things in your arguments use them in your issues then only you would be able to argue better then only you would be getting something real because you are putting the real arguments in your uh, the real arguments which are there in real cases you are putting them in your fictional case so then judge would also be impressed oh and seriously this guy has done some great research because he got that particular points which are discussed in the real cases you understand what i'm saying and once you are done with it go for the research tools this is the extensive research so there are three types of research basic advanced and extensive now extensive research any memorial is not complete without extensive research you need to put up cases you need to put up cases from manu manupatra you need to put up cases from air and these legal research tools are available for extensive research they are paid i know they are paid but if you are not able to get that go to indian kanun indian kanun is free okay and only use this tools if you have a starting point of your research this is very important that's why i said that if you 
find out through thorough research if you do not have these legal points and you're directly going on to the research tools no you'll get lost because there are hundreds and n number of cases on one particular topic you'll be confused as to what to put and what not to put okay so once you are done with these two things once you are done with these two things you'll narrow down things you'll narrow down things as per your issues as per your arguments okay i got five things but i like only three these three have heavy footing the less the the rest two they not as important so you research only on those three things okay so once you have a starting point then only use these tools because as i said it can lead to finding a needle in a haystack if you don't have a base to start your research on and research tools i would not be telling you how to use them they are very easy to use just like google you need to just put it up and one thing that i find very wrong with people they say that once you are using these research tools you need to know their in and out like they have a particular procedure to search certain things don't worry about that you can implement your own procedure okay just have a practice of it do it once do it twice do it thrice you will not get it trust me fourth time you will get it so that is something which i think is not very important you don't know if you don't know how to use a research tool don't worry you will learn it you will learn it by using it again and again so once you are done with research we are done with second stage also we'll come to the third stage that is drafting of memorial now this is very important part and it's a laid down structure also nowadays uh, like in my time there was only memorial but when i was exiting from my law school they started a thing called compendium also compendium is nothing but a case map the cases that you have referred in the memorial you will be putting up in compendium also so it's nothing but just a wastage of money or wastage of paper to be honest now one of the most important aspect of any moot competition as it, it is one of the most important concept why because whatever you are writing in is are the only grounds of argument that can be taken so if you have written five points of issues in your memorial you can only argue on those five and not on the sixth one that is why memorial drafting is very important this line you need to understand and keep it in mind you need to make an extensive memo extensive memo does not mean a long or big memo extensive memo means it should include all the things that you want to say and if in the inclusive part it is becoming small of 20 pages no issues because that's your talent that you have used so many things and yet you have made a short memo but if you are going it for 40 pages still not an issue because you had a lot to explain so extensive memo should be there but it should be relevant and concise it should not be of 100 pages okay it should be relevant don't put thing and uh, don't put irrelevant things in it because if you put up a case only put the excerpt the important part of the case and not the full case as such so this is the format of the memorial i would also refer to you a sample memo which i only made and we uh, actually emerged as the winner of the moot court and also the uh, memorial round so these this is the format which you can refer it later i would just uh, go and refer to the the uh, memorial that was there which we guys won so i'll just show you the memorial which is there okay see so this was the memorial i hope it's uh, visible 
uh, no, it's not uh, presenting. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. Now, now it's visible, right? Yeah. I hope now it's visible, right? Yes, yes, yes. So this was the memorial uh, when we went to the Amity National Moot Court in 2019. So you see, the table of content is actually the format. So you can just see this and it would be done. The table of content, it talks, these are, uh, these four things are actually similar. You should not change it. You should change as per your uh, cases. List of abbreviations, actually I'll say list of abbreviation is something which is just copy paste. I've also copy pasted it. So this is the first thing which is their list of abbreviation. Then it is the index of authorities. Case laws, you are free to use n number of case laws which you find, which you which you like, which you don't like anything. Statutes are something which you need to refer books, web resources. This is completely optional. This particular part is completely optional. If you want, you can put it. But index of authorities should have case laws. Case laws are very important. Statement of jurisdiction. This is also very important. Uh, it is actually sometimes laid down in the proposition itself. Otherwise, this you need to find out. And trust me, I have seen people doing this thing also wrong. This is, I'm saying uh, in reality also people don't know on what particular section you are actually approaching the code. They find they write this thing also wrong. And this thing is not which you need to argue. But if you are writing it wrong, then judge would grill it. Or if the opposing counsel is smart enough, they would just make your case go away. Because if your jurisdiction is wrong, your case would not be uh, admittable, admissible in the court itself. Because this I'm talking in the real life scenario. So this thing becomes very important. Statement of facts, whatever you have written in the proposition, you need to just uh, make it small. And if I talk about this uh, particular memorial, it was based on Sabrimala issue. So I don't need to explain it much to you. And uh, I would be referring it to the uh, referring to the arguments and the how we drafted it because that is what is important. But the case is actually of Sabrimala and totally a ditto copy paste was Sabrimala. And sometimes this is also one thing. Sometimes you'll get lucky and you'll find the real case law, which the mood proposition is based on. So that if you have a talent, if you can mold it and make it in a sense that people don't know, people don't find out that you have actually used the real case, then that's great for you. But if you are not able, if you're not creative, you're not able to mold it and you use the real case in the mood board, then trust me, you'll fall uh, with your heads down because Judges know that this particular proposition is based on the real case law, yet they are finding your, they are judging your uh, capability of making it fictional. Okay. So this was something extra that I wanted to highlight. These are the statement of issues. Uh, these were provided to us in the mood preposition and majority of the times they're provided in the uh, proposition itself, but sometimes they're not. So you can make up your own issues also. Then is your summary arguments, whatever arguments that you have done. Now, uh, one thing that I need to highlight, you know what summary arguments are. People make it, make this first and then they go on to the advanced arguments because this is actually the format, but make the advanced arguments first. This is my tip. And once you are done with the arguments advanced, then form a summary of the arguments because what you are writing here is actually the conclusion. Okay. What you're writing in the summary is actually conclusion, which will form the 
last part of your uh, arguments right so this is one thing that i find really helpful that don't waste your time in summarizing your uh, arguments first make them and then you can go on and make a summary okay now comes the most important part how need to draft how you need to draft your arguments how you can start whether to put in law whether to put in fact and everything okay so you see if you are able to read it it says that locus to file so locus to file is actually the jurisdiction that whether there is a case that we can come up so as you know that we are in the statement of jurisdiction we wrote article 32 so we have included see this is how you need to start you need to start by first giving out a brief line of fact okay and then you need to interlink it with the law that is the article 32 so this is actually a first paragraph which should be there in all the arguments briefly introduce the fact which is relevant for the issue and interlink it with the law that's it okay then move on further talking about the legal point so this is the legal point that we are talking about because in sabrimala case there was a point of norms or usage or custom laid down okay so we talked about that thing and include the case laws whenever it is relevant along with proper footnoting footnoting is very important and it depends from one competition to the other which form they are uh, using okay so this is something which you need to understand there was not much in uh, detail to be written in the first uh, issue the second issue is actually what i want to discuss it talks about article 25 and religious denomination so i don't know if uh, many of you know about sabrimala or the articles i'm not going to the detail but you see that we have divided our argument to into sub issues okay so the first sub you need to divide it this is another one thing which is very important don't make a long issue as such if it is around 5 to 6 paragraphs or 7 paragraphs at last then it is okay to have one issue otherwise divided into sub issues again the same thing this is something that is the fact then this is the law that we explained now it was very important to understand the word denomination so we included the definition as such whenever you are including any definition write it in italics whether it's from a source a statute or a case law see like uh, it is there in the shirur mat case we have uh, used it in the italics form we have directly copy pasted it because it was relevant and this is what we argued also okay so these are something uh, just some steps like see another five paragraphs so we change the sub issue so this is how it goes and you can just make it on your own but just keep in mind the main body it should be starting from the fact relevant fact actually relevant fact along with the interlinking of law then your argument supported by a case law this is how your uh, your memorial issues should be so it is actually a four step relevant fact interlinking with law arguments and cases and lastly it is prayer this is the most important part you need to write it it's a copy paste thing only only these things the the between things the three things actually change as per your relief what you are asking for so this is it uh, this is how your memorial is there there's no bibliography as such so you can just uh, i think you guys would have understood what uh, i was talking about about the sample memo i will send out the sample memo also 
so don't worry about it with this we're done with the formatting part now we'll come to the arguments now we are approaching to the stage where we'll be presenting the arguments before presenting we need to understand how we need to prepare it okay now arguments are actually based on the issues so we need to understand and formulate issues this step is actually not very relevant because sometimes issues are given already so if issues are given already in the preposition we need to understand them so in order to form uh, just ignore the spelling mistakes uh, it says in order to form issues one must understand the issues in the proposition proposition first this is what i said if they are given given in the proposition don't waste your time if they are not you need to form them don't go and make numerous issues this is very important you need to keep in mind keep them around four only maximum there should be four minimum it can be two it can be three but don't go on making five and six okay issues can be taken up from proposition itself or can be made by you also so something that i wanted to highlight which is not very important this is actually very important part how you need to prepare your arguments so a good argument has this particular structure that this you need to keep in mind what i just said in the arguments advance so introduction this is how you need to introduce starting with a quote this is something which i found out many people do to make uh, a argument beautified but i'm not completely in favor of starting an argument with a quote because to be honest it found i find it cheesy i find it uh, over uh, intimidating i find it that you are actually trying to hide something in your argument that you are starting with a quote i am not ready to listen to a quote in uh, an argument so that is up to you if you want to find it that it beautifies it you can start with a quote or you can start with a legal maxim then introduce the issue and argument briefly you need to introduce it briefly and uh, okay one thing i am telling you about the argument with the issues i am not talking about how you need to present it presenting is what i'll be discussing later part okay this is just the how you need to form an argument so you can introduce the issue you can also introduce the law or the law point that is up to you it is your chance to frame the issue so this is example that i said that this case is about the inherent inequality of segregated school system which stamp a badge of inferiority upon minority children okay so you can take these lines if it if you find them helpful it is nothing just introduction i again repeat it should be maximum three lines okay just three lines or four lines it should be just a paragraph now comes your road map road map is something which is not a part of your memorial this is something you need to keep at uh, handy this is something which is only for your understanding road map means you need to bifurcate your arguments into issues and sub issues you need to interlink it okay so this is something which i made on my own this is the core of a moot court so you see it, it starts from here that you formulate issues on the basis of these issues you are making arguments okay we are at this particular stage now in the arguments you need to include facts and law this is what i am saying because introduction is this thing okay when you are introducing facts and law you need to also substantiate them them with the cases see how the interlinking is there cases cases should be based on the proposition because if you go and find out cases out of the proposition it would not make sense so these cases should be based on the proposition and the proposition 
where do we need to find out the proposition has the issues so you see how the interlinking goes and if you understand this interlinking you will have a roadmap uh, there with you and you will not be able to uh, forget anything now comes your facts so you see we were we are done with the introduction part okay so if we see the uh, roadmap again we have formulated the issues we are doing in the uh, we are going in the arguments part so in the arguments part we will now talk about facts and law so this is second thing that we need to see our argument consists considers uh, consists of facts so this is something which you need to see that uh, there's a fact sheet that is given to you which is a proposition now very important thing is there every time you don't have to read out the facts to the judges it is only going to waste your time because although you are you will say that we are only taking 30 seconds sir but those 30 seconds are also important right so if you are going like during the starting of the competition first second or third you may ask for the court that may i just uh, reiterate the facts recite the facts the judges would say yes but if you are going towards the end of the competition keep that in mind that judges would ask you not to reiterate the facts because they are also fed up of listening to the facts again and again so you just need to politely ask would the court care for a brief recitation of the facts if the judges say no skip it come to your argument so you only offer offer to reiterate facts if there is a legal significance error so if the appellant has misread a fact or misstated a fact point out that okay point that out and that would be going into your favor because that would make judge realize that you are aware you are attentive in the proceedings now comes your body of the arguments that i just mentioned in the memorial also divide issues and sub issues each sub issue should have the same structure now this is very important have a same structure for example if you are going for the fact law argument cases follow this structure only follow this particular sequence only don't go changing it in every sub issue okay the argument should only be constrained with what is written in the memorial so this is if you have written something in the memorial you need to only constrain constrain that that it means that what you are preparing for the oral arguments you need to just make it constrained what you have written in the memorial and not uh, apart from that reiterate the fact which supports your contention this is very important which you need to understand a fact from the moot preposition needs to be reiterated cite case laws citing of case laws is very important if you have written 10 case laws in memorial don't go and cite 10 case laws in the oral argument cite only the relevant case law and the relevant portion of it which actually makes your case strong and very important point just noted down if you are an appellant and you have said a case which is already written in the respondents memorial it is for the respondents don't cite that case okay don't cite that case until and unless it is actually making your point so what i'm saying is if a case xyz which you are going to rely on has already been relied has already been proved in his favor by the appellant or the petitioner don't reiterate that case because then court will grill you on that court will grill you on that in the sense that
this particular case this guy has proof then how you are keep coming uh, taking it up he would grill you on that particular case and issue so that is what you are doing actually apne pairon pe kuladi maarna so never ever kabhi bhi wo case mat cite karo jo already cite ho chuka hai by opposite party the same goes for appellant also apne rebuttal mein us case ko mat utha ke lana jo respondent ne pehle hi bol diya hai very important thing and this is the most important part you need to do it you need to put it in your practice contents of the opposing teams ke memo memo mein jo opposing team ke likha hai usko counter karo aur apne hi arguments mein include karo don't keep them for the rebuttal bahut log ye galtiyan karte hain bolte hain hum to apna argument denge jo usne galat likha hai wo rebuttal mein lenge nahi don't wait for rebuttal rebuttal ke liye you will get more arguments rebuttal ke liye you will get arguments from uh, their bolne wali cheezein okay what they are arguing what they are giving orally that would be your rebuttal what is written in the memo is actually what you need to put it in your arguments it goes for both the teams okay then these are certain tips which you need to understand repeat your opening add a little bit more detail which is the facts uh, this is what substance that i said that it should include facts it should include case law so this is something in repetition then transition to second point it is very important that you need to transit to the second point or that is the second issue okay then finally it is the conclusion last para of each sub issue it is very important after each sub issue i am not saying issue issue ke baad to you have to conclude but after every sub issue also you need to conclude you need to put a summary of your contention this is what i am saying okay this is not a relief but you think of it as a relief what you will be saying in the prayer this is also another very uh, important point that you need to understand if you see one minute is remaining stop whatever you are doing even if you are arguing a case if you are putting up a case leave it directly skip to the conclusion even if it means that your 80% of the portion of argument is left don't worry just conclude it because judge would only then keep in mind whatever you have spoken along with the conclusion okay if your time has ex, uh, like time has finished then just ask uh, that my time has expired but may i briefly conclude and trust me judges would allow you to conclude and then conclude briefly or this is a very important thing uh, this is also very funny that i find there was this one guy he said that sir my time has expired but may i briefly conclude i said okay go go ahead and conclude and he went on for 2 3 minutes to conclude so i had to stop him in between and i had to ask him to just sit down so this thing is not what you should do you should briefly conclude it even if you have been given extra time briefly conclude it then comes your prayer prayer should be included towards the end now very important thing is people tend to forget to recite their prayer every person need to read out the prayer if you are not reading out your prayer and if a person is like me sitting i would not let you win trust me i would not let you win why because prayer is something very important prayer is actually your everything of your memorial you are not claiming what relief you are asking so that is why prayer needs to be recited the format is specific i don't need to mention all of it you need to put all your reliefs into it then comes your rebuttal rebuttal is something which you need to which you are well versed with it should be 1 to 2 minutes it should be short and it is advisable that you only take it up for 1 minute because judges may ask you questions also okay this was something 
now uh, when we come to the cases now your argument should come with cases now keep these pointers in mind i would not be explaining them because they are self explanatory it says make your arguments inclusive of relevant and landmark judgments take the landmark judgments only if you find them cases should be of high court or supreme court preferably district court ke cases mat utha ke lana district court ke cases koi nahi manta until and unless they are very important or your cases in a district court okay but nowadays moot courts are coming specifically for high courts or supreme court even if your cases in district court supreme court or high court ke authority lao koi bhi mana nahi karega okay so this is very important district court ke cases you should not include and keep this thing in mind avoid foreign cases do not include foreign cases in your argument do not include foreign cases in your memorial until and unless they talk about important law point important law point means means uh, that a particular law point has been derived from that foreign case and it is very important to put it up so until and unless that is the scene don't include it try to include the arguments of the cases in your memorial now this is a tip also that i gave you real cases these are the cases that i'm talking about real cases in real cases ke jo arguments hain include that arguments in your memorial or arguments okay speak only the relevant part of the case don't go on and speak everything now this is very important for questioning judges would grill you sometimes they can grill you on the facts of the case that you are referring so you should know the facts of the case brief facts okay be up to date with the respect of cases even if you have not included certain case in your memorial or argument and you need to be you need to understand it keep in mind while you are presenting your argument so these are just basic things that explain your case out loud in simple terms you should not be over your voice but you should be clear you should be concise you should be uh, giving out your argument with clarity focus on making positive points for your side and don't rant if you are going off topic slightly come back to the topic only focus on positive points then one or two piece of paper these mean sorry this means that keep a pointer with you keep your pointers i would be talking about one point i would be talking about two point with a paper at your disposal near your disposal it should be very simple if you will make it colorful highlighting and everything to wahan pe dikhne mein bahut difficult hoga at the time when you are standing on the podium it is very difficult to even understand a small thing which is written on the paper okay now this is very important this is a conversation not a speech so in a speech what you do is you go at one length without variation but this is a conversation vary your pitch okay if you are emphasizing something very important emphasize with your voice okay like what i am doing right now modulate your voice you are going at a normal pace but you if you want the judge to listen to a particular fact go slow for example i am highlighting this this particular thing and it was mentioned in particular case abc so you see when you are going slow the judge would actually look up okay there is a voice modulation so this is something that you need to practice voice modulation is very important then varying of your pitch is very important don't go loud all the time don't go slow on the time make a balance now this is very important anticipate questions on the weak points if you have any weak point in your argument ask your team members 
ask your researcher what are the weak points and practice on them because that are the weak points from where you would be getting questions from where you would be thrilled okay these are very important thing what to bring up with you big font bullet points you need to uh, write that for your pointers don't write it in full sentences these are something uh, just basic thing that you can keep in mind i will send out the ppt also now comes your presentation of the arguments the procedural part of it okay so we would be discussing about code etiquettes i would not go into details of it code etiquettes are something which you all know about it i'm not going to be dress code how you need to stand and everything i would only talk about the important which is first judges can and will interrupt you at the never ever think that judges would not ask you a question okay so if a judge begins to speak or you are at certain she is about to stop do not talk over a judge this is very important even if he is speaking for for 2 minutes don't worry let your time go to waste but do not talk over a judge just nod your head have a little bit smile make him understand that you are listening to what he is saying to be honest although you are not listening although you are not understanding leave it just nod whatever he is saying just nod make him think that you are understanding him once he stops then you start again okay judges can often be belligerent not often they are 110 times belligerent they are testing your ability to remain poised you see they will grill you even if you are right they will grill you don't lose your calm remain poised remain at your point what you are saying even if you are wrong remain standing there remain saying this sir i still think this is the thing i still think this is this thing. okay your honor your leadership is something you need you know how to, uh, you need to address the judges you can also say sir ma'am that is uh, something lenient which not many of you need to understand respect to your opponent yes this is something you need to be polite you should not fight with them i've seen people fighting in the moot court rooms okay fighting and even abusing so you should just refrain from them uh, that do not accuse that he is lying do not attack personally these these are just certain things that you need to keep in mind how you need to stand at the podium this is something you need to stand up straight be steady and uh, some gesturing is acceptable now this is very important sometimes people ask to me that when we are using our hands a lot uh, is it distracting or not so yes if you are all the time using it it is distracting so keep your hands this way keep your hands folded keep them on the podium and once in a while you can use gestures do not point now this is very important do not point to the opposite counsel do not point to the judge pointing is not allowed gesturing is allowed okay gesturing up to an extent and these are very important thing uh, you need to speak clearly slowly now eye contact is very important and uh, when a particular judge uh, between a sentence okay so on a particular judge you need to maintain your eye contact between a sentence or two and you need to keep on shifting this eye contact never ever just make an eye contact with one particular judge keep on shifting it to all the judges and whenever a judge uh, is asking a question look at him when he is asking just look at him in his eyes but when you are answering a question look at all the judges okay this is very important thing opening and conclusion should be memorized conclusion means your prayer opening means your introductory things they need to be memorized you should not look down never ever read a prayer you need to learn it by heart this is very important thing that is why i am saying never look down when you are reading a prayer okay 
so then this is the manner of presentation as i said that how the moot court and trial advocacy is different so everyone knows about this particular thing how moot court goes i think trial advocacy is something different so trial advocacy has the opening statements then cross examination and closing statements this is something which uh, you know i would not be discussing it further if you want a separate webinar on trial advocacy i can do that so this was something bail application the uh, sample bail application i can show you if time permits or otherwise i will send it out uh, these are very important thing how to present the arguments you need to be confident and speak with clarity this i said before also if you are diverting get back to the track because this is something very uh, obvious sometimes it happens with me also you divert from the topic okay what you are trying to point out you go off track from it but slightly get back on the track slightly means without letting the judge know that you went off track okay don't over emphasize on any particular aspect matlab ek particular topic ka peecha chhod do theek hai bilkul peecha chhod do uske peeche mat pade raho agar wo nahi samajh aa raha hai judge ko leave it if you have pointed out one thing ki sir a ne b ka murder kiya hai that's it if he is not getting it that hit that's his problem don't over emphasize it put an emphasis on that particular aspect give one or two case laws that's it but uske piche mat pade raho because you have a lot to discuss and if you feel a particular part is no longer relevant this no longer relevant is what i mentioned ki agar koi aisa case law has been recited by the appellant which is no longer relevant for you skip it entirely okay don't just speak for the sake of speaking it or it is written in the memo sometimes i have seen that there is a 20 page memo of respondent and because of what appellants spoke the there are four issues in 20 pages and now they have to only argue on two because the two of them have been discredited at all so yes they did argue on the two and they even emerged as the winner so don't worry about it creatively present your arguments be volatile now this is very important you need to be creative because you don't know what happens there okay you don't know what the appellant would be saying so you need to be creative be on the spot the most important point of moot courts is actually the grilling grilling that is done by the judges so you need to answer questions first and the foremost thing you need to understand the question that the judge is asking so listen to the uh, question very clearly and never say i'll answer the la that later part in my argument or my co counsel will answer that never do that whatever you want to say say it even if your answer is wrong just say it don't worry but don't skip the question okay then uh, answer the question directly and then circle back to your outlined argument because very important thing is people tend to forget to get back on the argument if you are saying a particular thing judge will ask you a question in between so he would want to break your flow but answer that question in one minute or two minute if he is grilling you more try to get back on the argument try to take him uh, in the sense that sir i am answering your question by the way of this particular case and cite a case and get back on the argument because this is what your uh, judge would be seeing every time begin your answer with yes or no whenever it is possible because he is going to ask you a question answer him with yes or no and then give out the reason okay don't be evasive know what you can concede and don't be afraid to do so if you don't know the answer clearly says i'm sorry sir i don't know the answer don't be over confident don't be uh, be uh, knowledgeable at in, in every sense because you are not so that is why the judges are testing your limits of your argument because they would 
every person has a limit and if they find your limit accept it nicely and then come back to the argument then uh, time constraints because you are under time constraints so you need to keep that in mind you cannot go on answering the questions of the judges okay try to make transitions back to your argument you it the transitions they should not look like you have abruptly jumped up okay they need to be in connection with the question so this is one thing and uh, the trick that i said as i understand your question and then restate the question this buys you time to think of an answer this is a very important trick that i uh, have myself done reiterate the question because reiterating the question will make the question go over in your mind and you can actually frame the answers okay so this was actually the end of the presentation now we are just left with two slides this is the most important slide that we are doing that is the do's and don'ts so do's and don'ts are actually what i would want to be put out everywhere in the law schools these are the mistakes that people do okay so first i will be discussing about do's you need to look confident i'm not saying you need to be confident every person in the moot court room even the judge is nervous at some point even right now i'm delivering this webinar i am nervous but i'm making myself look confident even though i'm not confident but i'm making myself look confident this is very important thing how you can make yourself look confident by your body language by your gestures by your way of talking so you need to hide your nervousness you need to hide your fear next is don't deviate from your topic this is what i mentioned previously also and i would be emphasizing it again and again your topic is something you should not be deviating from stand firm with your answer even if it is wrong if your judge is grilling you let him grill don't deviate from your answer even if you are wrong accept it okay sir i accept it or if you think that you can prove that this particular thing is correct even though you know it is wrong do not uh, deviate okay so actually second and third things are uh, to be read together maintain good eye contact this is very important eye contact is very very essential then keep on shifting eye contact do not keep eye contact only at one judge because it would be creepy if that judge is a lady judge or of an opposite gender don't just keep your eye contact there that would be really creepy and that would creep the judge a lot and one thing that you need to keep in mind this is look at your pointers whenever you're talking when you're arguing don't just keep on staring at one of the judges look down also look at your pointers break the eye contact because when you break the eye contact it is very casual and it is very actually elegant that you're making the eye contact again okay so when you're looking at the pointers you're breaking the eye contact but whenever you're making the eye contact with the judge again the judge is also impressed okay he got me back right so this is very important and one thing you need to keep in mind when you're making an eye contact with the judge sometimes judge would not look away that is the hint for you to for you to look away for you to look down or you you to look the uh, look towards the other judge because the judge is giving you hints that it is enough you're looking at me from very long you're making eye contact with me very long so this is very important people don't think about it but you need to keep that in mind and that will come as per your practice okay practice is this this practice is what you can do in front of the mirror because in the mirror you can see your your reflection as the judge so make an eye contact with your reflection and then keep on looking down the last point of do's counter the opposing counsel even before rebuttal i would say it n number of times i would say it again and again everywhere i go i say this thing only don't wait for the rebuttals 
counter during the arguments only then now we come to the don'ts never read from the memorial this is one thing that i hate the most and all the judges hate the most they will straight away give you zero if you are reading from the memorial because whatever you have written in the memorial we have already read it your memorial is also with us so what you are doing is you are just wasting our time but you are actually wasting your 15 minutes because you are reading from the memorial it's not another book that you are doing doing okay now second is argue with the judge never argue with the judge because judge they are sitting in a position where it will not take this thing from you okay this is just plain blunt i don't want to explain on this also because it's self explanatory start your argument with uh, countering the opposite team this is very important start your argument how you have thought to start it how you have written it in the memorial with the introduction with the fact with the law and then get in between the countering thing okay don't just start away i have seen people coming up uh, your ladyship the opposite team has said this in this in their in their memorial and i want to counter it this looks really bad because you are starting at the negative note okay don't start in the negative note in the mood boards don't be casual you need to be professional we are not your friends when we are sitting on the podium or on the bench sometimes people tend to become casual they say certain things so that is not okay have a flexible or casual body language you don't have to be flexible at all make a poise that you need to maintain throughout your arguments maintain eye contact throughout the arguments don't maintain eye contact throughout the argument keep on shifting this is what i said that you need to shift eye contacts you need to look down just counter and present your points or arguments too so don't just counter okay you need to present your arguments also if you are only countering that is making your case only wrong now these are certain tips and strategies that i would uh, say to you this is the first thing that i mentioned all the team members must make the memorial and arguments together you should not divide the work that researcher will only make the memorial because that is not good all the three people need to be work need to work as a team practice the arguments together and put up question to each other before stepping into the court room as a team because you are three members practice the arguments on each other and let the others put up question the researcher in fact comes up with great question because he is the one who is analyzing everything even the uh, opposite counsel he can put up questions which you would preparing the arguments look in the loopholes look between the lines of your argument and find what question can be put up think as a judge would think think if i would be judging a person on this particular uh, arguments what would be the question that i would be putting up be thorough with your referred case laws there's no point of leniency when you are referring case laws be thorough with it read all the case laws and learning it or mugging mugging up is up to you how you review would retain it that is up to you if you want to write it and retain it if you have read it and retain it that is up to you read as many cases as you can as they will help you formulate arguments i'm saying reading don't write as many cases as you can read write concise form of cases then uh, read as many as you can and if you ask me so certain amount of cases that should be there in memorial it should not be minimum there should be 30 35 and it should not be more than 40 so around 30 to 40 is a good amount of case law that can be there use arguments from real case laws this is what i am telling you as a tip i have done it i have emerged as the winner and 
even this is one of the greatest thing that you can do if you are doing it it's great know the essentials of the section by heart very important thing people tend to forget it because this is something what we did during the research part or decoding the proposition you need to know the essentials do not read from the memorial or any notes again emphasizing it i have written it in bold never ever read from anything quote cases from compendium or memorial and read out the excerpt very important thing is to refer to memorial if you are not referring to memorial if you are simply uh, citing your arguments we will not give you marks refer to the your memorials refer to other parties memorial let interact with the judges make judges also do something they're just sitting there this is marking no ask them to open your memorial that is very very important thing and judges like to do that 10 point is something which you need to learn only by practice you cannot learn it over a webinar you cannot learn it over one or two hours of session try to find the loopholes in the moot proposition and use for your own advantage now why this loopholes exist i would tell you the uh, all the moot proposition are based on some or the other real cases one cases or two or three cases and it is not possible it is not practical to include everything in the moot proposition itself so sometimes you don't include everything so there exists some loopholes there comes certain things which forms a loophole and you need to find them and you to use them for your advantage counter the memorial arguments of the opposing counsel again i have said it be vigilant and listen to the opposing counsel's argument because if you listen to them then only you will be able to counter so with this i am done with the uh, webinar the tips and strategies i have laid down and i said that the international moot courts everything that i have discussed goes straight in hand with international moot courts also apart from one thing here and there and uh, for that i can take a separate session so this was something uh, on the fundamentals and the mastering the art of moot court with this i am officially uh, done with the session and i am open for any questions suggestions and everything okay thank you uh, thank you so much sir for taking forward the webinar uh, and, and spending your time with us considering the vast and extensive topic uh, requesting the participants to kindly put forward their q and a we'll also be addressing some of the questions which you have put forward in the google form as well but also uh, if you have any questions after listening to the webinar kindly uh, do so also the feedback form is uh, also attached uh, in the chat box so do kindly fill it up with regard to your participation and and, and the certificate eventually so with regard to the q and a if you have any questions kindly put forward uh i think there are a few questions on the google form if i could put forward the i think since it is already covered many of the questions have already been covered uh, a primary question was that uh what should be kept in mind first while arguing in the case and what are the qualities which are seen in an in an advocate or in someone who's presenting the case okay so the answer to the first part as to uh, what was how to start the argument right yes that yes so argument starting is typically based on the person to person some person like to start it with the fact that is given in the proposition some like to start it with the law which is there that is totally up to them i would suggest that you interlink them you don't straight away start from the law for example if it's a murder case you just don't reiterate section 302 section 300 299 because judges know that okay so you don't 
go over smart and think that you are telling that to the judges to refresh their memory no they have already refreshing their memory so what you need to do is you need to point out the fact that a was going towards b then b stabbed a and that is how this particular law comes into action so this is how you can you can start uh, the argument coming to the qualities the quality of the argument uh, the person was uh, giving the argument the first quality is actually uh, his posture his body language and the clarity of arguments that is is saying because even if you have a quality of arguments with you and if you are not able to convey it to the judge that goes uh, that falls down actually so you need to be very clear you need to uh, communicate in a concise manner you need to communicate in a clear manner you need to communicate in respectful manner so that people would actually listen to you and very important thing is when you are in a court room you're not only delivering it for the judges even your participants are listening to you right so you need to be have you need to have a command you need to have a influence over your own language over your own thoughts so that every one of them are hooked to what you are saying that is the most important quality for an advocate when he is arguing apart from that uh, the quality of argument if you have a qualitative argument then that would highlight in your oral arguments also so this is a something uh, that depends on the quality apart from that uh, the qualities that i have mentioned should be there that there should be a proper posture uh, proper respectful manner in the there should be court etiquettes also but the major thing that stands in a winner or a loser is actually how he or she is communicating okay so that would be the answer to the question sure the next question is um how to save effective time and but yet complete the maximum amount of arguments without, without interruption or or even if there interruption how do we complete in the so and so time and completing efficiently all the arguments presented that is actually a great question and uh, i would tell you my personal thing what i do is i make up an argument extensively okay so for example i will make up an argument of five pages with pointers and i would first i would this is like my first draft first draft would be five uh, pages argument i would stand in front of the mirror i would time myself it would definitely go more than 20 minutes and i have only 7 to 8 minutes as one of the speaker so what i would do is i would cut short those five pages to two and a half pages right so i know how i have cut short it then i would again time myself i would go towards 7 or 8 minutes now that is okay i know i have managed from 15 20 minutes to 7 and 8 minutes i have uh, cut down the particular parts so if needed in the oral arguments if my time is going beyond what i actually gave like i will by I, i bifurcate my time if first issue is there i would give 3 minutes to first issue if it's long second issue i would give 3 minutes and one issue one minute would be for prayer this is ideally how you should do it because one speaker would deal with two uh, issues now when you are dealing with 3 minute to one issue try to finish that issue when you are practicing in around 2 minutes because one minute you keep it for answering the questions because judges would grill you so when you have this kind of uh, uh, formation or when you have this kind of plan laid down in your brain you are actually well prepared beforehand 
so when you argue in front of the judge you'll see that your two minutes would go like this and at the same time your issue is actually finished so you have one minute extra even if judge does not ask you question you have one minute extra so what would you do with one minute you take that one minute and you put it in the issue two and what issue two you have culminated you have shortened it up slightly go towards the longer part so this is what my advice would be very important thing is practice oral arguments also practice oral arguments beforehand because you need to see your time you need to see how fast you are going how slow you are going because sometimes i've seen that people have taken up small issues small content but they talk so slowly that they are not able to finish them in seven minutes also and they end up uh, not reciting their prayer so that would cut their marks because and as i said i'll be giving one minute for prayer but actually prayer takes 30 seconds so i am taking margin keep margins in your time limit also because these 30 seconds 40 seconds these are the margins which you will be able to answer your questions so that is why if you do this kind of time management time planning you would not be able to leave out anything sure uh, uh, there are some who had said that they will ask the questions in, during the session, but also there's a question as to uh, what are the preparation tips for international moots? Okay, preparation tips for international moots are like first would be never ever go to the international moots if you have never done any national moots at all. Okay, so this would be my first tip. And if you are preparing for an international moot, the very good thing or very important thing about international moots are that they give out materials. They give out their reading materials. So you don't have to go here and there and research for them. First, read out those materials. First, read. First, research them. So they are actually a good amount of material. They give around 10 to 8 materials. A good thick copy of 100 to 100 pages. And everything is written in them. So you first go through the proposition like I have said. That is the same strategy that you need to uh, take if you are able to decode the international mood proposition trust me if you are able to do that give me a call give me a message and i would definitely give you a surprise gift because that is a tough thing to do but 10 15 30 page international mood code problem is not at all easy to decode and if you are able to decode it along with the applicable laws along with relevant facts facts in issue you're going great you will do great in that particular mood code or in any other mood code. Once you are done with the decoding of international mood problem, directly skip to the research materials, the case mat or everything that you have given, that is given to you. Master yourself in them. Even if it takes two weeks, just master yourself. Because the major problem is when we talk about national moods, we are well versed with the laws because this is what we have been de dealing with in our day to day life. But international cases or international moves, uh, the case laws are such that we don't know anything about them. We don't know because we have not dealt with them in the daily basis. And that is where India lacks. Because in foreign countries, the foreign countries, they know, they study about procedure of UN, they study about procedure of ICJ, but we have not heard about it. We don't know the rules, we don't know the procedures. So we need to get well versed with them first. That is when we will be at par with them. And the, so the second preparation for international moves would be to understand the, the reading material that is there. And once you have understood the reading material, you can go and do the research that I have done from the basic Google search, then advanced Google search and then research tools. 
research tools are actually different for international mood and uh, very shockingly i found out some free to use websites also that provide free research case analysis and i would be happy to uh, share the link because uh, that is what i used when i prepared for the jessup also so yeah that would be the strategy apart from that everything is same you need to be confident you need to have, have an open or creative mind to actually prepare for any so the, the this would be the strategy sure i think we have a question in the chat box by naisha nathan uh, she mentioned that i am a first year student who has begun mooting and i'm unfamiliar with what exactly a compendium is could you please explain me the same in brief okay so uh, yeah hi nisha uh, nisha see the compendium is not actually uh, compulsory it uh, depends from different colleges to colleges and different competitions to competition like in my college during the last years they introduced compendium so compendium is nothing but a case mat so all the cases that you have mentioned in the memorial you will be putting the cases in there so the difference is actually uh, why it was introduced i'll tell you the practical application of it you see even if you go into a court room this is i'm talking about uh, the real court room if you go into the court room and you uh, highlight or reiterate a case you only see the name of the case and the relevant portion of it even then the judge asks uh, that can you please give me the copy of the judgment so we hand over the copy of the judgment to the uh, judge so that copy of the judgment is actually what is a compendium okay so it's some copies of judgment all the judgments that you have referred would be here in a in a form of a document so when i talk about uh, the compendium in moot courts in memorial as i said you are mentioning the case you are just writing the name of the case along with the citation and you are giving the excerpt and you are explaining it okay the judges uh, sometimes are not aware like many of the times they are aware of it but sometimes they are not aware of the facts that go into the case or where the case lies because it's very it's not practical to uh, get mugged up with all the cases and if we say each and every student each and every team gets 30 cases so it, if there are around 10 teams also it would go around to 300 cases so it's very impossible to learn that so that is why the colleges for the ease of judges they have started the concept of compendium so what you do is whatever cases that you have mentioned in memorial whether it's in the footnote whether it's in the memorial or whether you are using it in the argument you take the copy of the relevant page relevant portion of it like the uh, like if there's a para 13 it is on uh, page number 32 so you will take the print out of page number 32 highlight para 13 that would be one and along with it the main page of the judgment which talks about the court the parties and uh, usually the first page so the first page and the relevant page of the judgment will form uh, the compendium of all the cases so compendium is actually of the cases and you can uh, relate it to as a case material definitely yeah so i think we have one more question i have a uh, it's this from a fourth year law student who has posted in the google form i have a research publication and have published several online articles will it still be considered as a drawback if i haven't mooted quite enough in spite of being a fourth year okay that's actually a very subjective question because to be honest uh, it doesn't really matter like moot courts give you a kind of a practical 
knowledge, a practical approach to how code works. But uh, what I would say is moot codes don't actually should be considered in this sense, what I just said, they should be considered more uh, for enhancing your personality, for enhancing your, uh, I would say personality is the word which like I came up with a uh, word called advocality. Okay. So advocality is the personality of an advocate. So a particular advocate should have a personality, how to argue, how to present himself in the court. So mood courts are actually making your advocality. They are making your personality. So it should be seen from that sense. So if you have not participated in the mood courts, that's not at all an issue because at the same time, it is up to your hand. If you have enhanced your personality yourself, then also it is great. And even if you have done a moot court or even if you have not done a moot court, when you step out of the law school, when you enter into a courtroom, you are a fresher. You don't have the knowledge at all. You cannot use moot courts knowledge into the courtroom. If you use that, you will be sent out. Sometimes it is also contempt. So you cannot do that. That I'm telling you bluntly. So even if you have not participated in any moot court, whether you are fourth year student, fifth year student, that hardly makes some uh, actually a matter. But I would say that all those uh, those who are first year, second year students, you can try it out. Even third year students, you can try it out. It's one of an experience, but it is not compulsory. If you are not into doing it, no issues. At the same time, he mentioned that he has uh, uh, done and many research publications. So research publications would definitely help you because you're researching, you're writing it. It would help you in your CV. It would help you to get a good job. So these are the things that uh, make the difference. And uh, in India, if I talk about the recent scenario, it's hard to get a corporate job. It's hard to get a job in a firm. So if you're doing anything which glorifies your CV with aspect to the landing of job in towards the firm, that is great. And litigation jobs are actually easy to get because they are hardly paying. This is something I'm telling you honestly, because they're hardly paying any person. So even if you have done a moot code or not, and you want to go into litigation, you need to keep it in mind that you will not be, you will not be paid good and you're stepping it there only for the learning base or your stepping to enhance your personality. So this is what I would uh, like to say as such, there's no issue if you have not done any moot code or if you have done many articles, it goes vice versa also. Definitely. Uh, I think if there are any other questions, kindly put forward in the same. Uh, in the meanwhile, also fill up the feel, feedback form once again, uh, as put forward in the in the chat box with regard to participation webinar. If you have any other further questions regarding the in, regarding the webinar or also regarding several key aspects about mooting and how you could go ahead, you could uh, put forward in the session. Or also, if Sir put forward uh, any any point of contact uh, details, be it email or be it through. Uh, other social media platforms accordingly uh, we can put forward the details as well in the session yeah sure Joel. you can you can share my uh, account details also if you want otherwise i can you can share my number uh, i must share it in the chat box yeah you can share it in the chat box you can share my number you can share the uh, email id and if you guys have any doubt or anything, you can contact if you need any help also, because uh, I also had mentors and I would thank them what I've achieved 
till now but being a first generation lawyer i know how hard how tough it is to go into the field without a mentor without mentorship so that is why i'm saying if any if you need any help you can contact me and moot court is just uh, something which is a, which should be actually a part of the curriculum like nlus have not many colleges are making it a part of curriculum they should make it and you i appreciate you uh, i appreciate the participation in the moot courts and uh, to be honest the online moot courts do not have that vibe uh, like it used to have in the physical sense like in the offline moot courts so once the colleges reopens i would suggest each and every one of you should participate in offline moots you should travel to different cities to look for national moot courts and once in a while once in a while have this dream that you will participate in jessup jessup is one of the biggest moot courts of all over the world it's actually the moot court championship or world cup of moots like many nimal been said so you participate in jessup because jessup even if you don't win you will uh, get to learn a lot how to handle certain things how to handle uh, international matters what goes into it the working and everything and you will be associated with jessup like i participated in jessup we did not win but now i am associated with the jessup organization they have asked me to uh, judge the national rounds they have asked me to judge the memorial rounds so even if you have participated for once you can get a good amount of exposure you will get good amount of friends they can help you out this is something that i would just like to highlight and i hope every one of you understood what the basic structure of mooting is because i don't think when i was also in the moot, uh, in the uh, moot court society or in my law school anyone would have uh, explained this these things to me the do's and don'ts how to research and everything this is what i have learned from the five year of uh, law school and my own practice you should include them so this is very important that you need to understand definitely yeah just uh, a second i i should be putting forward the email as well uh you can make contact sir through the email as that, that's a correct email right yeah so you may contact through the same and uh, we are also uh, if 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 any of you want to know regarding for uh, future events about webinars also led by sir and also other events by argumenta podcast we are also creating a group so accordingly you may join in the whatsapp group or even uh, you, you can get uh, updated about the same through mails now i'll be handing over to minaj who will be doing the word of thanks um good evening sir i'm minaj i'm also a co-founder of argumenta podcast and uh, at first i'm at, at the outset i must tell you that uh, despite being in my third year i don't think i've got this kind of information from anybody this kind of detailed it was more of a toolkit on how to excel in moot courts be it college intra college or even inter college national and international moot courts so and for that we thank you we thank you for using this platform to share your to share your knowledge and give us the tips that would allow us to uh, to inculcate these uh tips and become better mooters in the future so and uh, we extend our hearty gratitude towards you on behalf of Arjun and the podcast as well and we look forward to having you on for the session so if there's any closing remark you would like to make to all the listeners here so far uh, i would like to extend my thanks to the whole team for having me here it was a great experience to share my knowledge i always wanted to have a platform where i could share whatever knowledge i have whatever i have learned and uh, 
this was great and i'm happy to get in association with you guys i'm happy to get in connection i would love to give my knowledge about other topics also whether whenever and whether required and in the closing remark i would just like to say that go out experience new things not just restrict yourself to moot courts it is just one aspect of law schools there are n number of aspects to it write research papers don't just write it and publish it present it presenting is very important also i would just like to say nowadays online uh, presenting is happening because presenting is also what you are doing what you are doing in mooting also that is uh, similar so you can do n number of things uh, just keep yourself occupied do something or the other thing if you get a chance to do a moot court trial advocacy bail application there are mediation competition negotiation competition get into it because you will know the procedure you'll see it you will be inclusive of that and that would help you in longer term so this is what i just want to say in the closing remarks once again thank you for having me here it was indeed a pleasure sir and we look forward to having more sessions with you and to all the listeners here and all the participants of the meeting we request you to join the whatsapp group and also fill out the feedback form in order to get your certificates thank you yeah and also this session will be available as a record uh, session uh, through our platforms be it on youtube instagram spotify uh, so you can check it you can actually find them out on instagram and youtube so it's at argumenter_podcast on instagram and also argumenter podcast on youtube and spotify and also regarding for future events like minaj mentioned and also like so since i was also an, an, an immediate member of our, of the podcast so if there regard to future events and webinars so would be holding forward you can join our whatsapp group and also we'll be sending forward uh, regular updates also those uh, once again as, as a reminder if any if any of you haven't really filled the feedback feedback forms yet so kindly do so in our in our regard to the certification and then once again I'd like to thank sir once again for coming coming forward and thank you all for joining us uh, and spending your time uh, as well thank you so much thank you sir. thank you thank you everyone thank you this current episode the full length will be available on youtube and also you you have to find that latest updates about this session as well on instagram and other platforms as well so do like share and subscribe to our channel on youtube and also follow our instagram page with regard to regular updates as well